Hey, I'm Leslie. And I'm Mackenzie. And you're listening to For Such a Time Podcast. We are friends and followers of Jesus, seeking to empower and equip women in their God-given callings. Our desire is to see you step out in faith and step into where God has placed you for such a time as this. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? Great. <laughs> How are you? We're talking to each other. Hello. <laughs> Everyone out there, you Hope get uh, a very special episode today. <laughs> and this episode has been covered in weeks of prayer, lots of yes. conversation, and actually, shout out to y'all for praying. We'd asked you by now. I'm speaking in the future. A few weeks ago, we asked you to pray for this specific recording. Yeah. Um, and we are recording it tonight. And Mackenzie is going to share vulnerably and honestly. And like I said, it's been covered in a lot of prayer. It's been covered in how do you want to, sh- you know, how do you want me to share this, Lord, in, in vulnerability, but partnered with wisdom. Yes. So we are really, I'm really, really excited to hear this. I, I have heard snippets, obviously. We're going to hear it in its entirety. And yeah, I think we wanted to preface a little bit. Yeah. Um, that there'll just be some sensitive things shared on here. Yeah. And, um, and so we just want to make y'all aware of that. But what the biggest thing that we want to do is highlight that God has taken um, what the enemy meant for evil, yes, he has used amen. for good. Mm-hmm. So, all the glory to him. Yes, because I now have a beautiful best friend that's <laughs> sanctified and continually to be san- continuing to be sanctified. But mm-hmm. so anyway, I wanted to give a, a little bit of an intro. Yeah. So Mackenzie's going to share with us um, her testimony, and we're just asking the Lord to speak what he wants and for whoever's listening just for you to be encouraged mm-hmm. and inspired by what God has done in her life yes. so amen take us to wherever <laughs> you want to start all right our hearts are ready yeah and I I just first want to say I know you already said this but from my voice just say thank you for everyone that prayed and that text me um I quite literally felt your prayers today I've had so much peace Um, where there was some anxiety before and just kind of wrestling with, God, am I really, you know, going to come on a public space like this and talk about some hard things and talk about things that um, are hard to say out loud. But I truly, I truly feel so much peace today and so much joy. And that is due to prayer. That is true due to the power of prayer. I believe that fully. So thank you for everyone that that prayed. Um, so I'm trying to remember when it was that you you asked or kind of brought up the subject of, hey, we should share our testimonies. I, I was listening back to one of our, well, we've mentioned it on a couple different episodes, like, oh yeah, we haven't fully shared our stories or, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, like, but I think I was listening to the, I think it's the Dreaming with God one that we okay. just launched this week, but for you guys listening, it's a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the one that I was like, we feel, we're feeling a stirring yeah. to share that testimony because I know mm-hmm. we've shared a lot about our walks with Jesus, mm-hmm. but you know, it's always, um, the high points. Yeah, yeah. It's always encouraging where people really know like, okay, what has your walk with Jesus looked in, in you know, entirety up until this mm-hmm. point. So mm-hmm. it's been, it's, it's been a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I would say at least a month or so. I mean, I think it's um, always been our hearts to share our testimonies on the yes. podcast at some point, but we didn't want it to just be for the sake of like, like you've said before, like to, you know, to get the tea or like Absolutely. to like, you know, uh, clickbait. Like we really knew that when it was time, the Lord would show us that. Absolutely. So that's where we're at. Yeah. And so when you brought that up and kind of said, hey, we should share our testimonies immediately. And some may relate to this that are listening immediately. My mind goes to 
do I have a testimony? Yes. And it's so crazy that you think that, but you do. You're like, do I have a testimony? What testimony? Yeah. And you weren't like radically safe from drugs right. or shot at or <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Um, and, and that's what I, sh- I have struggled with through the years for a long time is just kind of discrediting my testimony, discrediting my story. First of all, because the enemy doesn't want me to talk about it. No, he wants to silence He you. doesn't want me to boast in the power of the cross mm-hmm. and the power of what God's done in my life. Um, but I think, too, I believed the lie that it wasn't a powerful testimony or a powerful enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of do this comparison game like, oh, my testimony isn't that. So I, I don't have one. Because mm-hmm. um, I grew up in the church. I I was literally the kid who was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school, prayer meetings, events. I'm, I'm so, so thankful for that. I feel like there was such a, a keeping power, um, in my life because I was exposed to so much church and, you know, so many things growing up. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. But I watch people get up throughout the years time and time again on a pulpit and declare their, their testimony of, they encountered Jesus, you know, they were in this deep darkness and the depths of sin and they encountered Jesus and they were never the same. Yeah. And it was like, my story did not look like that. Yeah. My story had ups and downs. My, I, I stumbled along the way and fell to Jesus time and time again. Um, and just realizing like, I have a story to tell and I just haven't wanted to tell it, mm-hmm. whether it's been um, because of shame that was a lot of it for yeah. me over the years. Not now. I, I'm walking in freedom now from that. But for so long, I didn't want to talk about it because of shame, mm-hmm. which is not of God. That is from the enemy. Yes. Um, it's a lie. You know, I think subconsciously I believed for a long time. Am I really forgiven? Like, mm-hmm. does God really keep no record of wrongs? Mm-hmm. Does he really actually wash me clean? Um, and I think, too, some of it was pride not wanting to taint an image of what people thought yeah. I was, you know, and both of those things are wrong. And so it's time, like it's time for me to talk about it. The Lord has done so much. He has redeemed and restored. And so I just wanted to say that from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I'll, and we'll probably end that way of just yeah. saying like, you have a story to tell mm-hmm. and your time is now like today's the day of salvation today's the day to declare like what god has done and what yeah. he's doing in your life yeah don't stay in those chains or in that jail cell yes longer than you absolutely you have to the lord wants freedom for you today absolutely mm. so um yeah i guess we'll just kind of get into a little bit of my life story because yeah. it's it really started from that from you know before i could remember um like i said i grew up in church um my just to give a little backstory, my dad was saved when he was 15, radically saved, kind of uh, he didn't grow up in a, in a Christian home, plucked out of his family and even his friend group. Um, someone at a locker literally invited him to church mm. at 15. It was, I want to say maybe a 30 second, like, you need Jesus. You need to come to church. And he did. And he was never the same again. It was mm. that that easy and that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, radically saved first generation believer he was called to ministry uh was literally just so open to god i want whatever you have for me and went to an altar after he was saved and the lord filled him with the holy spirit and he spoke in tongues with no one you know telling him to do that mm-hmm. or no one laying hands on him it was literally just his heart was open to whatever god had for him and um yeah so then he met my mom a few years later and she did grow up in a Christian home and was saved. And um, I love kind of hearing about how they dated. I thought it's just so cute. that They, they li- literally were just so in love with Jesus and like literally dated um, in Jesus mm-hmm. and read the Bible together and dreamed about, they knew they wanted to get married, you know, so dreamed about um, their future kids and, you know, prayed for us and all those things. So um by the time that me and my older sister were born, I'm the second daughter of four. Um, me and my sister were born. And at that time, we were in Bowie, Texas, which is a really, really, really small town. <laughs> <laughs> Most of you probably don't know where that I've is. Never and that's heard of that. Yeah. Um, my, they were pastoring there when I was born. And when I was around three years old, um, they were called to go on the road 
And if anyone has ever heard of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, <laughs> it you know, in the 90s, it was all about the production and the lights and the yes. devil costumes and the angels, you know. But God used it in, in that time powerfully. And God called my parents to pack up from their pastoring job and travel in a motorhome to different churches and perform this drama. Mm -hmm. And it brought many people to the Lord. Um, and so literally we were on our way to the first meeting uh, or first church on our own that week. Cause I think they had some training before that, um, to kind of say like, this is how you put on the production and et cetera. Just picked up our new motor home and we were on our way to the first church where we were going to put on the drama. And we were actually in a really serious, uh, accident. Um, and the reason why I'm talking about this is just that I can see the hand of God on our lives and on mm -hmm. my life. When I look, even, I don't remember this, but this is just stories that I have been told by my family that the enemy was, had a plan for my life mm -hmm. and for my family's life, but God did as well. Yes. And just seeing that at work, when you look back, you see it. And yeah. so just hang with me. That's kind of why I'm going back this far, yeah, but keep going. We were in a serious accident. So what happened was me and my sister, who was seven at the time, and I was three, my parents put us to bed. We were on a kind of a pull-out couch sort of bed in the, in the you know, middle of the motorhome. My dad was driving. It was at night. And uh, my dad is a huge coffee drinker. My whole family is. So my dad was like, obviously driving at night. Hey, honey, can you make a pot of coffee? Mm -hmm. So my mom goes back there. She's putting us to bed. Um, made a pot of coffee and then went to the back of the motorhome and was just kind of unpacking things and getting organized and settled. And all of a sudden it was this huge collision that happened. She gets thrown around the back of the motorhome, you know, TV comes off the hinge and almost hits her and she's all bruised up from uh, drawers hitting her and all kinds of things. And of course her initial reaction is to come to us like, where are my babies? Are my babies okay? And what had happened, the whole collision was a semi that was carrying some machinery had dropped that out of the back of his truck and didn't realize. And we ran right into it. You know, mm -hmm. we were on the highway. There's no telling how fast we were going. Very serious accident. And um, my mom hears us crying, goes out there and literally sees. She tried to describe it to me. And it, I think it's hard to even put into words, but sees this, what we know is an angel mm -hmm. um, that was standing where we kind of were and protected us. We literally, when she found us, um, we were, we had rolled off somehow and been pushed under the bed and on the top of where we would have been sleeping, um, was the hot coffee and glass and all kinds of other things, just debris and things. Uh, it could have been really bad. Obviously we weren't buckled in mm -hmm. or anything. So there were several miracles that happened in that wreck. Um, that was one of them that my mom literally saw an angel that was guarding and protect, protecting us mm -hmm. from harm. Um, not even five minutes before the crash, my older sister was in the front seat with my dad, like, oh, I'm, you know, playing and stuff. And my mom was like, you need to go to bed. And Lauren was like, can I just have five more minutes? And mom's like, no, you need to go to bed. Go lay down. She could have been killed. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad also obviously was driving, so he could have been seriously hurt and injured, um, and even gone through the windshield. And there was a piece of, of metal that went through the windshield and kind of pinned him, um, you know, or stopped him from going any further, pinned him like at his shoulder. And, um, yeah, there was just a lot like the motorhome could have rolled. The, the tire came, became completely, um, unhinged and off. And so we could have rolled, but the machinery that we hit was perfectly balancing the motorhome where the tire would have been. So just so many different things mm -hmm. um, that the Lord did um, and that the enemy was trying to do. And so fast forward, you know, obviously we went to the emergency room and got checked out and things. We ended up um, finally getting to that place after, I don't know how long it was. It could have been days or up to a week that... Um, we got our new motor home. We went to the church that we were trying to go to. And that led to my grandpa 
who was not a believer at the time, he was so worried about us and the accident came and got saved that mm-hmm. at that church. Um, while we were there, my mom said that there was a person, I don't know exactly the details, but basically that she was in the vicinity of a person who she recognized really quickly. It was a, it was literally a demon speaking through this person saying that it was trying to kill us, mm. you know, and obviously we had just had the wreck. And mm-hmm. so I know that's really dark, but, um, just to say that the, the enemy was after my life and my family's life mm. and that the, the Lord ultimately turned that situation into good and, um, into salvation for my grandpa mm-hmm. and now you know a lot of my dad's family members are all saved and things so it just it was uh it was a, a big marker in my life mm-hmm. of just seeing the hand of god um so when we traveled and did those productions when for about a year so i was th- around three um my dad got called to pastor in pennsylvania at a place called faith outreach center uh, i have such fond memories of this place and you know I will just say that as I as I prayed about this testimony and prayed about sharing some of these hard things the Lord also was so kind to remind me of all the good Mm. as well I had such a a really beautiful childhood in Pennsylvania we literally lived in a storybook neighborhood Mm. I walked to school with my sister every day and I loved my school I still I don't know why but I still think about that school and just how precious it was to me and all my teachers and and things like that so the Lord is just bringing those things to memory of just how wonderful that time was but there was hard things that happened and so we moved there when I was three when I was four um I by a family friend, obviously my parents were very unaware of this and wouldn't have allowed me to come in harm's way. Uh, when I was four, was molested by a family friend. And that was really confusing and hard for me. Mm-hmm. Up into late, you know, teenage years, adult years, just really struggling with that. Um, I didn't understand and I didn't know how to verbalize it and of course didn't tell anyone mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to or what to say and didn't again understand at that age um, why that happened. And so I kind of tucked this away in my little four-year-old heart of this happened to me and I don't understand and didn't realize how much that affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that just really affected my thinking. I had shame around it, just the older that I got. And um, I feel like everything in that regard kind of came to a head. So we, we stayed in Pennsylvania and we're at that church from the time I was three until I was 10, so seven years. And all of what happened to me really came to the surface in my middle school days. And um, seventh grade was really hard for me. I uh, The schools were rough where we were. We moved, um, I don't know if I said this, I'm sorry, but we moved from Pennsylvania to back to Texas. And that's where my dad has been pastoring ever since in Mesquite, Texas. Schools were rough in Mesquite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, We, my parents were obviously used to this storybook neighborhood and this beautiful, you know, elementary school and things. Uh, Schools are pretty rough in this part of Texas. And I went to seventh grade and my parents recognized really quickly that this was not going to be good for me. And it wasn't, you know, anything deep that happened necessarily. Just, I think they recognized like, you know, maybe even through music I was listening to or things I was saying or people I was hanging out with, like, this is not going to be a good path for her at this school. And so in wisdom, they pulled me out in eighth grade. So I went there for seventh grade, pulled me out in 
in eighth grade. And that was truly the best thing. I, I think I've said this in in another episode that that was one of the best things that they ever could have done. Yeah. It did bring some loneliness and things like that to be taken out of school, but it was those were the years when I really encountered the Lord and heard him speak to me and I started writing and um so that was a really beautiful time. And was very involved in youth group. I was at this time I would have been, you know, starting to lead worship and things like that. All these things that the Lord was cultivating in me. So anyways, when I was 14, uh we were at a revival service with the youth group. And this evangelist got up and started to give his testimony about about um sexual abuse that he had encountered. And uh as he was describing it, it's like these floods of memories of what happened to me as a child hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And for the first time, you know, he used the word, I was molested. And I, for the first time, had language for what happened and I guess realized the seriousness of what happened. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, you know, moved in my heart and I was like, I've got to tell somebody, you know. So and- up until... Up until then, you didn't, like, you knew it was wrong what mm-hmm. had happened to you, but you didn't maybe realize, Yeah, that, like, it didn't click that, like, this is what it was, Absolutely. and it was wrong. Yeah. I mean, you knew it was wrong, but, like, this shouldn't have been done to me. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And just realizing, I guess, the language of it and thinking, okay, I, this is something that I need to tell Yeah, my mom, you know, my parents I need to I need to tell somebody that this happened yeah I and I I think I was also hit in the face with how broken I was too like I am I'm confused I you know felt these things at such a young age and I'm just confused by it and I'm hurt and I'm broken and I don't know what to do with it I need healing yeah and so the Lord really led me into just telling my mom and I'm so thankful for just how she fought for me Mm. And this person actually lived kind of near us in the, you know, same DFW area, Mm -hmm. I would say. And my mom, I don't remember the timeline after I had told her what happened, but she said, okay, we're going to go and confront this person and tell them, Um, you know, she really felt that that was what we needed to do. And to be honest with you, it didn't go well. It was, there wasn't closure. There wasn't um, even admitting what really happened. It was, so that was hard for me as well to not have that closure. And so, but I'm very thankful that my mom took me and and did that. And I can say now that I've forgiven that person, but it's taken a long time. It's taken a long time to see that they were a hurt person who hurt someone else. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to be that person. And that they're just as broken as I am. And I heard someone say recently, like, we're all just people that pass pain around. And someone's got to break the cycle mm-hmm. and run to Jesus. And someone's got to get healed. And I didn't know that at the time. So I still harbored some unforgiveness. I still harbored confusion. I still didn't feel free. And so I struggled. I struggled in my teenage years. Um, I dated, you know, at 14, I was dating an 18-year-old, and that was confusing and hard, like some of the things that that he would talk about. And um, I was actually exposed to pornography when I was very young. I don't, you know, really remember the details, but I remember seeing things at a friend's house. And so then when it rolled around where I had access to a computer or I had access to a phone, like, those things would come about and I struggled with that in my teen years at times. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard and really shameful. And I know that I chose those things. I, I was a a hurt person Mm -hmm. and someone who was not healed. And so those were things that I struggled with and I never told anyone for years. I was, I sat in shame over that for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and because I did, because I 
I didn't confess it. I didn't go for help. I, I, um, it led me to more sin. You know, shame and guilt and condemnation does nothing but bind you and create strongholds in your life mm-hmm. and create more sin. Yeah, it's just a cycle. It is. Yeah. It is. And so I ended up getting into a relationship with someone when I was 17 years old and ultimately lost my virginity to this person. And I think that was really my breaking point. I remember feeling, I can't even describe the depths of shame, you know, being a pastor's kid and even being used in ministry and just having this weight of of sin over my life. Yeah. And I did not know how to get free. I, um, I was scared. I was scared to talk about it. I, I felt like I didn't have a safe place to, to be honest mm-hmm. and vulnerable. Um, what, I, did, what did your, what did your relationship with the Lord look like during that time? Was it, were you afraid to come to him? Was it that I don't know if I can approach him anymore or Mm -hmm. like, how did you feel the Lord in that time? I feel like there was so much, um, there was this feeling of God is mad at me. Yeah. I am ashamed. Like I can't even come to you because I'm so ashamed. Um, I would say before I got into that relationship though, it was the Lord did so many so many wonderful things, even in, in so much weakness. And there were times of wonderful, like repentance and, and some breakthrough. But I think the, the piece that was missing is that it was still a secret. Yeah. That's what was missing. And that's what kept me bound mm-hmm. is that I wouldn't confess it. And I wouldn't, I feel like that is what almost solidifies the repentance is bringing, like confessing it and saying it out loud. There's mm-hmm. a power to that. Such a You know, power. even in our salvation, yes. it talks about believe in your heart and then confess with, with your, your mouth. mouth. Yeah. Um, and again, it was that shame and even some pride behind that. But I would say that there were so many beautiful moments again, like I said, um, and then moments of struggle. And again, it just felt like I could not figure out how to get free. And, but when, when I was 17 is when it really just all came to a head. And I was like, okay, um, what actually happened was my mom, the Lord uses mamas. Let me just say that. Yes. Moms have um, a special um, discernment of the spirit over their kids. I, I, tr- I feel it for both parents, but specifically in my life, it was my mom that really could see things through through the facade Mm -hmm. and um so the lord really used my mom in this instance where she the lord exposed that to her about what i did and i'm really thankful for that because Mm -hmm. i got stuck in i've got to marry this guy yeah like i've given him my body now yeah Yeah. i'm I'm stuck i am stuck and i knew deep down this was not the man i was supposed to marry Mm -hmm. but i just thought i have to now the, the enemy lied to me. Like, yeah. you have to marry this person. You're going to be stuck forever now. Yeah. And it was all, it a was lie. all a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thankful that the Lord used my mom because I could have married that person and mm-hmm. I could have, you know, been stuck and it may have not been the person that the Lord wanted me to be with. God uses our moms. Yeah. <laughs> I swear my mom had like supernatural intel yeah. to all the crap Absolutely. I did. <laughs> and she fought for me. Like, when those of you who know my mom, mm-hmm. when she gets into her mama bear mode, like there's no stopping. And yeah. I, I feel like she was, she was partnering with heaven to war for my soul yes. at that point. Yes. And she, she basically was like, absolutely not. This ends today and was, t- you know, talked to me through it. I don't really remember. I feel like sometimes with things like that, it feels like a blur in a way. And it also has been so long. I imagine <laughs> you feeling uh almost like a sigh of relief it was it actually was yeah. because i thought i'm free yes. from this i'm free from this someone gave you an out someone gave me an out yeah exactly and the lord knew that i needed that yeah and that was really a big turning point for me mm. of just realizing okay like i have someone in my life my mom who yeah. knows 
all the mess, all the junk, and loves me. Yeah. And way to um, go, Mama C. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So that was really a big turning point in my life. I I met Carlos about a year or two later, and um, I feel like after we got married, uh we had never talked about our past a whole lot as far as like childhood things. And so I feel, I feel like another turning point for me in my life was when him and I were able to really lay everything out there mm-hmm. and confession and repentance are, I don't want to tell his story because I actually really hope that he gets on this podcast and talks about what he's been through. But yeah. I'll just say that our stories were really similar. Mm. And um, I remember having a conversation with someone uh, probably around 2015, had a conversation with someone whose husband was struggling with pornography. And they were talking with me about how their husband found freedom and confessed that and repented of that. and all of these things and then encouraged me and asked like, Hey, have you and your husband ever talked about pornography Mm. and, and asked him or, or whatever if he struggled and things like that. And I said, actually, no. Mm. Um, and so I really felt like the Holy spirit used that person to stir my heart to not only ask and talk with him about it, but also to confess what I had done. Mm. And so I was able to do that. The Lord really helped me. And that was a big, a big step in the journey of healing mm-hmm. for me was that confession. Cause I think that's where we get so wrapped up in. We don't want to say it out loud. We don't want to, we were so stuck in shame. And I think that is really a form of unbelief in the power of the cross yeah, and the power of what Jesus has set us free from. Mm-hmm. And I think it's specifically hard for for sexual sin because it is so deeply rooted you know god created that to be such a deep intimate connection mm-hmm. and when that is harmed and that's why the enemy is is so after so after sexual sin mm-hmm. in our lives yeah and so after men and women mm-hmm. alike because can i just say here that i feel like women are sometimes even more bound than men when it comes to pornography Mm. or sexual sin because they feel like it's talked about a lot for men. Mm -hmm. There's places for men to come out and confess and talk about our programs or all these things. But where is it for women who are struggling, who were molested or who were whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. fill in the blank. Yeah. And they feel like they don't have a place to come out and talk about it. Yeah. That is scary for me to think about because there may be women out there, women who are listening, who have never, ever told anyone about it, mm-hmm. never talked about maybe what happened to them or what they willfully chose. Yeah. And that's something, too, that the Lord had to really shift my mind on is that I just credited what happened to me as a child because I thought, well, it wasn't like this years of abuse and it wasn't. Yeah. And that was the enemy. Yes. Just saying, like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, there's people who suffer years and years of abuse. And that's absolutely true. But the Lord really reminded me this the past few weeks as I prayed about it. Like, you can't deny the effect that it had on your life yeah. and what it it caused. You know, I, I willfully chose a lot of things in my teenage years. I I chose that. The Lord gave me a way out and I chose it. Yeah. Um. So I just want to say that here that I'm not blaming like, oh, that's why I did what I did, you know. No, I chose that and I fess up to that and the Lord has forgiven me and I've repented of that. Um, but I just, it's crazy to me that I'm even sitting here and saying this on such a public platform. And I will just say that's not the case for everyone necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because God asked me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I have to believe that it's because there's people listening who are stuck in that shame cycle and they have strongholds of sin over their life. And they, they don't know how to get free. And I'm telling you that there's so much power in confession. Mm. And that what I've realized through all of this is that Jesus is better than we even realize. Mm. 
He is, he, his love is so much greater than we can even comprehend. Mm-hmm. He is not mad. He is not um, disgusted by our sin necessarily. Like he's not, it's not too messy for him yeah. to come in and to clean it up time and time again. And um, I think that is what brought so much freedom because people hide in shame and condemnation because they don't believe that they don't believe that God really loves them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lie from the enemy. You were talking about <clears throat> confessing, you know, in with your husband being able to have yes. that open. And immediately what I thought of was um, James five sixteen. It just says, therefore confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Yes. Um, the New Living Translation says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great powerful or has great power and produces wonderful results. Yes. And you are living proof of that, mm-hmm. of that confession. And, and so is Carlos. You guys are both living proof of that, that that confession and praying for one another and all of that is you've had healing. Mm-hmm. You've had healing. Yes. And and like you said, there's so much power in the confession side of it because it then it loses its power. Yes. The, the hold that it has on you, that's not what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to think like, no, you can't confess it because what people think of you or what God thinks of you yeah. or this. But God is saying, no, like confessing those sins, it brings healing. Yes. Yeah. It does. It absolutely does. And I even thought, as I was just thinking about sharing this, um, of how Adam and Eve, after they sinned, they hid. Mm-hmm. It was shame. And yeah. God God said, where are you? Yeah. He knew where they were. He knew where they were. <laughs> and he restored them and, and, and covered them. You know, like he covered cared them. Cared for them. Yes, he cared for yeah. them. And wanted to restore that relationship. And that is literally the gospel. It's yeah. literally God saying, I know you can't be free on your own. I know that that you cannot save yourself. Like, let me do it. Give it to me. Let it lose its power over you. Um, We are powerless to save ourselves, guys. Mm -hmm. We cannot. We cannot have enough willpower. We cannot have enough stamina. We cannot have even enough boundaries. It's It's not those things that save us. It is the power of the gospel. It is the power of Christ. It's encountering him, encountering his love for you and realizing that it doesn't have power over me anymore. And I can walk day to day in that power and in that freedom. And I don't have to be afraid to sit on a podcast and publicly shout it out because, mm-hmm. you know, I thought about how Paul in, I think it's First Corinthians or Second Corinthians talks about this thorn in his flesh. We mm-hmm. don't know what it was. It may have been suffering it it could have been anything but i love how he says oh i have it right here second corinthians 12 9 it says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness Mm -hmm. and then paul says therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that christ's power may rest on me Mm -hmm. you know that paul boasted in his weakness he even talked about i was the most devout Pharisee, and I did this, and I did that, and I was just thinking, you know, I can sit here and talk about how God's used me in leading worship for years and years and years, and I'm so thankful that he did, and he used me to preach, and used me to teach, and all of these things, and he did that, he did that, yeah, and is continuing to do that. However, that's not what I want to boast about. Mm. I want to boast about the fact that I was bound. I was in the depths of sin (laughs) and God set me free. God has set me free and healed me. And he's, he's blessed my marriage through it. He's, he's given me three beautiful children, beautiful boys that I can raise for the kingdom. And I'm so thankful that I can do that from freedom. I can do that in restoration. And it was time. It was time for me to declare this because I, I, I thought on the way here, even if this is literally one person that needed this, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It is worth it. What is it? The scripture says that eight angels rejoice over one, mm-hmm. one person that comes to Christ. Mm-hmm. And if I have to be the crazy one to step out and say, hey, this is what I've done, not for the sake of vulnerability, but for the sake of souls, for the sake of the gospel, yeah. to say, 
you can do this too. You know, I was very inspired even by the the Asbury revivals and how it came with repentance. Mm. People were repenting and getting set free of things that they had done for yeah. years and years, secret sins and shame and all of that. And they're free. I think that sometimes what we miss with the gospel is the realization that there has to be repentance. Yes. We have to realize our our depravity, our need yes. for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we can't we can't do it on our own. We don't right. have enough willpower. We don't have enough, you know, uh self control. We don't. Mm-hmm. And it, it and it's not putting us in this like, oh, I'm as low as a bug type <laughs> thing. It's just real this realization that we have to have that repentance part of it or we miss the we we miss the importance and the weightiness of Jesus dying on the cross. Mm-hmm. It's it it you ha- can't have one without the other. No. We need the whole Christ. We need the whole Christ. He is holy and he is love and grace and mercy, you know. We like you said we have to see the seriousness of our sin mm-hmm. and not be afraid to declare that. Because when you when you've truly encountered God and you have seen him at work in your life and you have been set free from sin, you have to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just now coming to this place that it's time. It's time to say it. It's time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that that God would be honored by my obedience and most of all that it would encourage others and inspire others to say, you know what? I just know that there's no separation and no, um, what's the word? There's no distance in prayer and in the way that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. moves. He can use even the weakest things like this, me, you know, word vomiting all, the, all of this to stir hearts. Yeah. Those who are bound and those who whose hearts have been hardened by sin and he can touch those hearts and make them hearts of flesh and inspire them to repent and confess and be free. Something that stuck out to me is that even in the midst of 14-year-old you and 17-year-old you and before you feel you have felt this freedom and this healing, right? Mm-hmm. God still used you. He did. He didn't wait. Okay, well, I can't use her because she's still you know, in sin or she's still doing these things. He still used you. I mean, to to write beautiful songs, to lead worship, to do all of those things. Mm-hmm. He still used you. Yeah. And that to me is just is huge because I think some people are like, well, you know, I can't be used by God or I can't mm-hmm. come to him until I have some of my crap together. Yeah. But it's like, no, God can do anything. We know that. God can use anything. But um there, you know, there's a difference between just being living in that freedom and that intimacy with God. Yeah. Because that's what he ultimately desires for us. Yes. That was his that was what he desired for you since you came out of your mom's belly, mm-hmm. right? But like, or before you were even formed in her mm-hmm. womb, you know. And so that's what he desired for you. But yet it wasn't like, well, I can't use her till she's a little more holier or a little more sanctified like no I'm going to use her now and just you're now able to look back in hindsight and see that battle the battle of good versus evil the the battle between what the enemy was wanting to use for evil and what God used for good even in the middle of it yes and I think the Lord met me in in just genuine repentance over the years and even though I struggled along the way, um, there were so many moments and even seasons of walking in some freedom and then just kind of stumbling, walking in freedom and stumbling. And uh, the Lord met me in that and was, I've just been thinking a lot about his long suffering. He was so long suffering with me yeah. and met me and even talk to me about my future and all of these things. And I, I never saw myself doing the things, those things that he told me because I felt like, well, I, I have this though, God, I have this and I don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And 
um, it, it's just such a testimony for those that have been raised in church. Um, again, I think it's hard for us to feel like we have a testimony, but I can say, sit here today and say that I love the Lord more than I ever have before today. I know more of his love and his power in my life today than I ever have. Mm. And I can't not talk about that. I can't not talk about it. Yeah. I can't talk about the beauty of the cross without the the death of sin in my life. Yeah. I mean, you and can't have Easter Sunday without Good no, Friday. You can't. Yeah. You can't. And I'm just, I'm just stirred. My heart is just stirred yeah. to, to talk about it. And it's not easy, but I feel like it was necessary. Yeah. I feel like it was time. You know, we had that <laughs> prophesied over us that it's time. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you, um, how would you encourage someone that is, is you before mm-hmm. freedom and healing? I mean, I th- I know that you've spoken a lot about that, but what would you say to that specific woman right now? What would you say to her? What would you say to Mackenzie? There's a lot of things I would say. Um, I think what comes to mind first is that confession and repentance and healing is messy. Mm -hmm. It's not clean cut. It's hard. It's hard to talk about it. It's hard to heal from it. There's going to be hardships along the way, but God will honor honesty and repentance and confession. Find a trusted friend, accountability partner, group of friends, life group, whatever it is, confess, be free. You are not beyond the reach of your Savior. Um, There's nothing that he can't free you from and that he can't forgive and that he won't forgive. It's not even that he has the ability, but he has the will and the want to do it Mm. in your life. And I think the other thing is, as I was just pondering and thinking about my story is for a lot of years, I was stuck in asking God, why did you let this happen to me? Mm. I was, I was too young to understand why in the world did you let this happen to me? And I was angry with God about that in some seasons, like I blaming that, you know, why would you let the enemy do that to me? Mm. And, um, if you're there, just know that, yes, the enemy is after you, um, but he is not equal to God. Mm. And he is not equal to your Savior also running after you. There's a war There's a war for your soul. There's a war for um, your life to be saved. And you can be free. You can be free. The power of the cross is available for you now. And so I would just say... Um, if you're angry with God, tell him you're angry. Be honest. Don't don't bottle those things up. Don't hide in shame. And let your pride let, like just throw it. <laughs> throw it away. Um we are all sinners and we are all in need of a savior. And what do you feel like <clears throat> the Lord has answered that question with? With being angry, with asking him, why'd you let this happen to me? I mean, I think I see it clearer now than I ever have before. A lot of times it was unanswered. I didn't understand and I didn't hear. Um, but I know now that he wanted, he wants to use the story for his glory. Mm. <laughs> I didn't mean to rhyme, but literally. For a child of God, there's always purpose for your pain. There is always purpose for your pain, mm-hmm. whether it is something that you did not choose or you choose. There is purpose behind it, and I can't fully grasp the sovereignty of God, and I don't think we ever will, Mm -hmm. but there are certain things that he allows, and there's certain things, you know, think of the story of Job. God allowed Satan to do those things, but he brought it for good. Mm -hmm. He gave him back. He restored. God is restoring, and so, yeah, I just think that um, I, I would love to just pray for for the women and men who are listening. Mm. I just truly believe that the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is stirring hearts mm. to free, free them. Like, yeah. If the Son sets you free, mm. you are free indeed. 
Yeah. Yeah, before you pray, I just wanted to say thank you yeah. for sharing your testimony. Um, I obviously have known a lot about your testimony, and I just thought back to on the way to record one of our podcasts, I had asked you, do you think you'd ever share that? You know, and you're like, oh, I never thought, I hadn't thought about that yet. And, and you have, mm-hmm. and I'm really proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I remember thinking as a teenager, God, don't ever tell me to talk about this. Please <laughs> don't ever, don't ever, yeah. I don't ever want to talk about it. And that was shame. Shame. But I, I told God that I went to him with it. And now here I am. And I'm like, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing yeah. It. Because like you said, there's, there's power in putting that out in, in the atmosphere and, and just allowing God to, to shine his light on it because the enemy wants us to keep it hidden. He wants it to stay secret. Yeah. And he wants to bring even more shame, guilt, and fear because he comes to still kill and destroy. Yes. And so you have, have stomped on his head. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just really proud of you for stepping out and doing that and being obedient mm-hmm. more than anything because God is honored by your obedience. And he is going to use this story. Mm-hmm. He's already used it in my life. So, but he's going to use that story. And so I'm really proud of you. Yeah. And I just want to say just a couple more things that were just coming to my mind as mm-hmm. you were talking. Yeah. Is don't think for a second that it's like, okay, I'm walking in freedom now and I'm never, you know, I don't struggle with anxiety or I don't struggle with this or that. Like, I think that's a lie that we believe too sometimes as we romanticize uh, the testimony and think, well, this person's just so much, so much more perfect and so much more saved than I am. I am, I'm human. Yeah. And I, I literally, what was it? Two Sundays ago, I was like, Leslie, I'm struggling with anxiety. Please pray for me. And, but there, there again, it was, I didn't just sit in it. Yeah. God specific. I remember so clearly sitting in that service and worshiping. And I, I don't even know why, but I just have this anxiety. And God literally said, you can, you can leave this here today or you can take it with you. It's up to you. And I just really felt like he was inviting me to confess it and to you and to ask you to pray for me. Mm. And it lifted like it completely. I was weightless. Mm. It lifted off of me. And so that it's a continual confession and repentance. And Lord, there's always there's always something we will. We go from glory to glory to glory. We will never be perfect until we're standing before him in heaven. And so there's always there's always going to be things that he wants to prune and refine in our hearts. So we have that it comes again. We didn't say it in this episode, but here we go. Abiding. Mm-hmm. It comes through abiding. Um, and I think, too, the reason why there's there's a lot of reasons, but the things that are coming to my mind as far as why confession is so powerful. Um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. So what what is happening in your heart that is not that is prohibiting you from speaking it, mm. from saying it, whether it's good or bad? I feel so much freedom in declaring this because I'm free Mm. because God is doing a work in my heart and I want to tell others about it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would just encourage, I would encourage that it doesn't have to be such a public place unless the Lord is leading you just pray, pray about it, but also don't delay. Like if God is asking you, if God is moving in your heart, if you don't know, you know, if you're listening and you don't know what that means when we use those Christianese terms that it almost feels like, your your heart is heavy or or tugging or you have butterflies or things like that god uses all of those things and that's the holy spirit telling you i want you to be free mm. i'm asking you to be free it's available it is up for the taking mm. and so i just want to pray for that and i think just one last thing i just think of those people too that maybe they confess it and they like you said they feel free and doesn't mean that there's things that the enemy doesn't try to recall things or bring them back up to your memory is once you confess them and you repent them, God has forgiven you. Yes. You are clean. You are, you are clean and you are forgiven. Yes. It's not Amen. this, like I need to keep doing it every yes. six months type thing. Again, the enemy may come in and mm-hmm. cause you doubt or things like that. And you rebuke him. Yes. And you submit yourself to the Lord, rebuke resist the enemy. The yeah. Resist, resist the devil and he, he must flee. flee. But I just want to speak to that too. Like if you have asked for forgiveness and you have gained that freedom and you have confessed that to the Lord, um, 
you know, you obviously obey anything he may ask you to do within that. If it, you know, if it's going to a person or if it's, you know, this or that, but, but remember you are forgiven. You are free. You don't need to do penance for it. You don't need to confess it every six months. You are free. Yes. And living in that freedom. And that is what is so liberating. When I finally realized he keeps no record of wrongs. Amen. We do. Mm. I do. And I did for so long. Mm. I always had that of just recounting it again and again and again. And and then finally coming to the realization again, just he is better than we think, guys. Mm. He is better. The power of the cross is more powerful than we can even imagine. Mm. And it, they're really, it, it's hard to even put into words. It's an experience and it's a continual, it is a living and breathing miracle. Mm. God has set us free from sin and death. And um, again, just remembering he keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah. He is perfect love. Mm. So I'm going to pray. Mm, please do. <sighs> Jesus, I thank you for the power of the cross. Lord, it is my joy and my honor to proclaim and declare, Lord, what you have done. The sin that you've forgiven, the, the, the pain that you've healed, Lord, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, God, you have healed and restored. Lord, your grace is sufficient for us. Your power is made perfect in our weakness. So God, we acknowledge, Lord, just how weak we really are. We can't save ourselves. We are nothing, Lord, without you. And God, I just pray for those who are listening. I just believe there's those who right now, as as I'm praying, are just recounting and and maybe the tears are even flowing as they think about all of those shameful moments of whether it's things that happen in their childhood or teenage years or even now. God, people who are maybe even living in habitual sin right now. And that, Lord, just a wave of repentance and a wave of confession a wave of your mercy, Lord, would come upon them. Lord, it is your kindness that leads us to repentance. Your, your cross that you bore for us, your, uh, your love that you lavished upon us, Lord, when we were still sinners, you died for us. You loved us before we loved you. And so, God, I pray for that person or those people, Lord, who are listening, that they would not be able to to sleep or or go about their normal day without lord obeying what you're asking them to do right now and god that they would just as they walk in that obedience and that confession and repentance lord of the finished work of the cross lord that that weight of sin and shame would be lifted off and that it would be replaced with joy that you would restore the joy of salvation to them, whether it's for the first time or for the 15th time. God, there is nothing out of your reach. There is nothing too hard for you, too messy for you, too dark for you. God, you are light and there is no shadow in you. So God, I just pray that 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 person or those people, Lord, would not would not move on from this that it would it would be a conviction and a a power of your spirit lord drawing them to you god it's it's that you want relationship you want intimacy with them so god i thank you for your healing i thank you for your power may we never ever get tired of declaring the power of the cross may we never get over what you've done for us lord God, may we see that you are long-suffering, that what the enemy meant for evil, you meant for good, that you were with us all along. Lord, bring to remembrance those times over the, over the years of their lives, Lord, where you were with them. Let them see it, God, with, a, with new eyes, with clarity, and let them give you praise for it. We just thank you, Lord. 
We thank you for your cross. We thank you for your blood. It is the power unto salvation for those who are being saved. God, we just give you all the glory and all the honor. It is only to your name, Jesus, the perfect, spotless Lamb of God who took away our sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on For Such a Time podcast. We pray that this conversation was uplifting and inspiring. If it was, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. For your daily dose of encouragement and to stay up to date on our newest episodes, follow us on Instagram. Until next time, bye. bye.